Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. How's it, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Command Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Lee Kwai. I'm sitting here with not Jimmy Wong, but... Hey, everyone. It's Ashlyn Rose. Ashlyn filling in for Jimmy today. Uh, actually took the lead on what is our budget upgrade series. We do this every single set. If Commander Precons come out, then we tell you how to quickly and cheaply affordably yeah update them <laughs> update them upgrade them uh it's the same thing we always do we're going to look at this pre-con we're going to break down the stats and then we are going to suggest 10 cards to add and 10 cards to take out to just very quickly and easily get this thing up to speed and ready to rumble with uh quote-unquote real decks as soon as possible uh, but before we get into it if you're going to want to upgrade this deck well you're going to need the deck and the best place to get it is channelfireball.com slash command. The new marketplace at Channel Fireball really does offer the best prices, especially on sealed product, because all of the sellers on the Channel Fireball marketplace are licensed professional LGSs. They're actual businesses. Yep. They So they have really great prices on sealed product. They're all competing with each other. So if you want booster boxes, you want collector's boosters, you want Commander Precons... You want to get this Chishiro deck? Then, uh, <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty cool deck. Um, so probably something you want to get your hands on. So channelfireball.com slash command. You can also use the code command at checkout if you forget to type in that whole URL. And of course, once you get your hands on those cards, you are going to want to protect them. And I know this deck specifically and this commander, there is the full suite of Ultra Pro products to go along with it. So they yes. definitely have the playmat the sleeves, the deck box. You can have your entire battlefield be themed around this sweet samurai snake. And this is one of the coolest arts in the set, I think. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's really dope. Yeah. So Ultra Pro, always with the license IP from Wizards of the Coast so they can take the actual art from the Magic cards and put it onto their accessory products. One of the coolest uh, things that they yeah. do and all that stuff is just really good at protecting your game pieces as well. And it's amazing. The art looks phenomenal. The colors are perfect they really go through all the steps and processes to give you the best uh stuff for your game yeah we uh definitely have been inside gotten an inside look at the ultra pro process they really have high quality control they want to make sure everything looks good and protects your stuff the best and then of course the final way to support all of our content is directly if you go to patreon.com slash command zone all kinds of cool perks available to our patrons one of which is you can chat with ashlyn <laughs> with me with jimmy on our discord we're on there yeah. each and every single day you also get access to game nights and extra turns earlier than the general public we're also doing this thing recently and it's one of our focuses for this year, which is to re release more exclusive content for patrons. So we've had two videos come out so far that only our patrons get to watch. It is not yes. going to be available to the general public. So patreon.com slash command zone if you want to join in and join our community. And another perk is that we shout out one lucky patron every single episode. And this episode is dedicated to Justin, Justin Fracchia. Fracchia? Fracchia? I was Chia. So yeah. Frakia. When I don't know, I just say it all the ways that could be possible yeah. and then hopefully one of them was right right You'll justin justin hopefully we <laughs> thank we, you justin yeah you rock <laughs> you do rock sorry if we butchered your name <laughs> all right main topic time this deck is called upgrades unleashed it is the gruel uh 
modified modification deck? Yeah, it's the it's the equipment slash plus one plus one counter slash auras deck. Yeah, so modified or modification is a new mechanic from Neon Dynasty, and this deck really sort of leans into that idea. Again, we're going to talk about the deck, the stats, break it down so that we have are making informed choices later on about what our 10 cards in and 10 cards out are. So we're, gonna, we're not going to do a review of all the new cards right. in the deck or anything. We have a set review to do that. We're just going to quickly sort of look at the commanders, figure out which one we want to build our deck around, look at the stats, and then we'll go into the cards that we want to add. So let's start off with Cheshiro, the Shattered Blade. Two, a red and a green. So four mana total for a 4-4 four, four Snake Samurai. Whenever an aura or equipment enters the battlefield under your control, create a 2-2 two, two Red Spirit Creature Token with Menace. We also call that Menace. At the beginning of your end step, put a 1-1 one, one counter on each modified creature you control. And it says, as reminder, equipment, auras you control, and counters are modifications. So at the beginning of your end step, any creature you have that has either an equipment, an aura, or a counter. Of any kind. Yeah, it could be a one-on-one counter. It could be like a double strike counter if you could get that on there somehow or something like that. Any of those creatures get a one-one counter from Cheshiro at the beginning of your up... Uh, sorry, of your end step. Exactly. Yeah. So, pretty cool. It's it's going in a number of different directions here. A little bit of Ultron, a little bit of Token. Yeah, there, there's a... I liked it because there's different ways you can approach this deck if you really wanted to. We, we obviously looked at everything and saw what we thought would be the best overall upgrades, but you can take this so many different ways. Yeah, it's maybe more open-ended, I would say, than a lot of Ultron Commanders are. So we'll talk real loosely about what you might do. Um, the easiest way to meet the modification requirement seems to be plus one, plus one counters. Mm -hmm. uh, since, you know, with a lot of creatures, it's harder to put a lot of auras or enchantments out. Each of those are generally a card, whereas there are lots of cards that allow you to put a plus one, plus one counter on everything or two or three creatures. Right. So if you were just leaning into the modified, um, you might want to lean towards the plus one, plus one counters. However, putting plus one, plus one counters out on your creatures does not create the two, two tokens with menace. So you have oh, an incentive yeah. to play ores and equipments because you, you want tutus. I mean, maybe if you wanted to, you know, you could lean either yeah. way. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because it's like you could try to go the token route as well. The 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 uh, tokens don't come in with anything on them, right? Which was, it's like, how do you make that work? Then I know there's other cards in the deck that will eventually, but I thought that was an interesting. Like you you could care about that ability. There's a but little you don't bit of to. tug and pull, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think you could probably build this as like a Cheerios style deck where you play a bunch of really cheap equipment, so that you're saying like. Because there's a bunch of equipment that either costs zero or one. Mm -hmm. And then you're just going to play those to make the tutus. And then you can suit them up and hopefully grow them up a little over time. That might be a way to go. Or cheap ores, maybe, uh, you know, one mana ores and things like that. You also could go the other way and look for cheap equip cost on equipment, right? Yeah. So that's a way to sort of... Because what you could do is like switch your equipment onto one creature on an end step. It grows. And then you could switch it to the next, another creature. Because once it has a 1-1 one, one counter, it is modified. It's good. Yeah. So you could be like, okay, next turn, now I'm going to slide this thing over to this other creature that's not modified yet because the other one got modified. And now they're both grow. Right. And you can kind of like spread out, spread your wings a little bit that way. Yeah. And if you have a bunch of cheap uh, equipment that don't cost much to equip, it's really easy to do that very quickly, especially in a gruel deck. And then, of course, you could also just go with, like, big, impactful, scary equipment that we're kind of used to in the format yeah. um, and really just try and suit up one thing and make it large and, and really threatening. And then you can use the 2-2 two -two tokens maybe as a backup where, like, if Cheshiro or whatever's got all the equipment on it dies, you don't run into that problem equipment decks often have, which is, like, I got a lot of equipment but no creatures to put it on. At yeah. least the, every time you played one of those, you sort of got a creature that could then be suited up later if you had to. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, it's maybe seems like it's classic gruel, like go wide, buff your board, swing. But I think, like you said, there's a lot of different ways to take this. So I'll be interested to see what your um, recommendations were for 10 cards. Ten. It was difficult. It was yeah. difficult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. But we're going to talk about there's two other legendary creatures in the deck, which we'll touch on really fast. Do you want to read this one? I I'll give it a try. Yeah. Okay. okay. So uh, this, this next one is... Could, you could run it as a commander yeah. out of the box. Um, we don't think that's a good idea, and we'll talk about that in a second, but it is, what's the name? I, I think it's kind of a fractured calm, and it is two red and a green for a legendary spirit creature, uh, and it's a 3-3. Three, three. <laughs> is that right? Yep, you got it. <laughs> All right, and then it says, at the beginning of your end step, goad each creature you control, each creature your opponents control, that's enchanted by an aura you control. L little confusing. Uh, and then put a plus one, plus one counter on Camia, the Fractured Calm, for each creature goaded this way. 
So it cares about your opponents uh, having auras, like it, almost like a curse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because there are those curses that basically say, give a creature plus two plus two and goad it. And that's supposed to be a thing where, well, you can play it on your own creature, but if you play it on your opponent's creature, then it grows it, but it can't attack you. So, right. yeah. So, yeah, Kaimis kind of turning all your enchantments into that because it only goads it for your enchantment, enchantments you uh, control that are on your opponent's creatures. Right. Pretty interesting. I think in this deck, you're probably going to want to play a bunch of cheap enchantments that you can bounce themselves back to your hand so you can switch yeah. targets if you need to. So there's cards like Crown of Flames, Get to Fire Breathing, Whip Silk. Those are all enchantments that have small effects. They give Fire Breathing or something, but they have the ability for you to pay mana and bounce them back to your hand. So you can be like, put it on that. Remember, Kaima will goad the creature at each end step. So as long as Kaima's out, the thing will be goaded. Right. It's a little bit tricky because if they play something with haste, you can't play something at flash speed and therefore goad it because yeah. it, it's a trigger on Kaima at the, at the end step. But anyway, so you sort of put your crown of flames on, you know, whatever scary creature Jimmy's got and he he can't attack you with it. And you could choose to fire breathe it if you want to when he attacks somebody else. And then, oh, I didn't even realize. Oh, because of the Crown of Flames. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. so good. <laughs> uh, and Kaima will get bigger because it's a aura you've got on somebody else's thing. And then your next turn comes around and the Crown of Flames is still on his creature. So at the end step, it'll goad it again. Yeah. So ostensibly, as long as Kaima stays out and the aura stays there, you'll just goad that creature forever. Uh, something like Rancor might also be good because when that creature dies, if they just you know run it into right somebody, back. yeah, you get that thing back. So it seems like it could be a cool deck, but um, we had Truck help us out with the stats for this deck. And one thing we noticed is that <laughs> there's only six auras in the pre-con when it comes out. So you, There's not very many. <laughs> so it would be hard to run the Kaima deck right out of the box, right? right. Because it, it, only, it doesn't care about equipment at all. So... You'd want to invest in upgrading it, and that when I had considered that when looking at like maybe you could go this route, a lot of the auras and stuff, they you need it. You need it a lot. It yeah. would be a big overhaul. It's not ten cards. No. It's, yeah, you're probably taking Kaima out of this deck and building a whole new deck around it rather than sort of upgrading this one. Um, there is one more legendary creature in the deck. It's mono green, so you could not run it as the commander out of the box. But it's still fun to read, so we will do so. It's Kosei, <laughs> Penitent Warlord, one green green, so three mana for a zero five ogre samurai. As long as Kosei is enchanted, equipped, and has a counter on it, and needs all, all three, three of those things. As long as it has those three of th these those things, then Kosei has, whenever Kosei deals combat damage to an opponent, you draw that many cards, and Kosei deals that much damage to each other opponent. So the payoff's pretty good. Um, you have to jump through a lot of hoops, though. You gotta yeah. get a lot of stuff on Kosei. I mean, it's a 0-5, so it wouldn't do anything anyway unless you... If you did it. Yeah. I am curious, though, like, how hard is that to meet? Yeah. And, like... We actually got a n number of members of our team to... Because our question was, like, is there a single card that will do this, right? right. That's an enchantment, an equipment, and will put a counter on a creature. Um, and nobody could find one. So as far as we could figure out, there is not a singular card that will fulfill the full requirement. So then you're kind of down to, like, there are a lot of auras that will add a plus one, plus one counter. Mm -hmm. So there is Forced Adaptation, Hydra's Growth. Yeah. Uh, those are all auras that go on the creature, and then we'll put a one-one counter on the creature. So you're two-thirds of the way there. Yeah. And then you just need... Equipment. The equipment. And then you have Armory of Aroas. Yep. Is that? Yeah. And it, it also is the equipment that puts a plus one, plus one counter. So you still need two things. You need an aura and an equipment, but maybe you don't need, you know, three different cards to do it. Only right. two cards. Ring of Colonia will do this as well. Oh, yeah. That's a good card, especially in this deck. Yeah. Of the sort of Truth and Justice kind of fits the bill. Uh, you have to get a counter on another way, but it will proliferate after that. So, okay, yeah. you know, that's maybe. <laughs> it's, it's a long journey to get to that payoff. Yeah. Well, uh, we also thought Double Strike might be really good on this creature because you'll get double procs on its ability. Oh. So you hit them, you draw the cards. Like, and, and when it says draw that many cards, it's however much you hit them for. So if, if it's a, you know, you put enough stuff on it, so it's got like five power. When it deals combat damage to an opponent, you will draw five cards and then it will deal five damage to the other opponents. And then if it's double, double strike, it'll happen again. So it'll draw five more. So 10. Oh my gosh. And double strikes often on like an equipment or something, which you need anyway. So that could be good. I just want to note, um, there aren't any green auras that give double strike. So huh. it's only going to be an equipment that will give that part. And then also the extra damage from Kosei when it's hitting the opponent, when it's dealing the damage to the opponents that it didn't deal combat damage to, that damage is not considered commander damage. Right. So it's just regular damage. So you can't deal 21 to somebody and kill the other two players. Commander damage is combat only. All right. Those are the three new legendary creatures from this pre-con. 
let's now talk about the stats, stats, stats. All right. Do you want to read the stats, the the sort of foundational stats for this deck? It, it looks pretty good. Yeah, it's so going for the foundation, we're looking at ramp. We have 18 different things to give us ramp. That's a lot of ramp. We're good. Somebody at Wizards <laughs> has been following up with the meta because, you know, that's a lot of ramp. Yeah. Uh, card draw, 10 different card draw cards. This is, these numbers are looking great so far. Single target removal, four. Four? Okay, it's a little low, yeah. I'd say. Probably want about twice that many, maybe a little more. So that's a little weird, but okay. Board wipes, and we have five, which is a good amount of board wipes. I'm almost surprised by that because this seems like the type of deck that will not want to wipe, like will be afraid right. of a board wipe. So I would think that there, yeah, that seems like a high number. I think there'll only be a couple board wipes and more single target removal. So I'm a little surprised by that. Yeah, if you're if you're trying to go wide, the last thing you want to do is board wipe. Yeah, so it's <laughs> weird that the deck has five of them. Uh, maybe we'll take some of those out. I don't know. And then let's talk about the specific stats to this deck. You want to go ahead and read those? Yeah, so we looked at modification, support, slash payoff. And this is like the different cards that will go for what your commander's looking for mechanic-wise. So uh, either an equipment or one-one uh, counters or care about that stuff? Yes, it'll either help you with that or be that. Okay. Um, kind of. It's uh, 48 cards oh, wow. that so meet almost the stipulation. The <laughs> yes. It's almost like there's a theme. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, auras, we already talked about. There's not a lot. There's six. Okay. Uh, equipment was also pretty low. There's like nine different equipment in the deck. Well, not that many. I would no. thought that would be higher. Okay. Uh, plus one, plus one counters, 26. So it's clearly leaning towards the... Yeah. And and like we said earlier, it is a little bit easier to, to get a counter on stuff than it is to get an equipment on something. Yeah. Okay. And then we also have things that make tokens and care about tokens. We have six of those. Okay. And for goad, we have three. Okay. So goad is definitely just a, it happens if it happens, <laughs> but you're not strategizing around yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it seems pretty clear that the modification part is what we're going to be leaning into. And and we knew that just from reading uh, the secondary commander, comparing it with Cheshiro. It, it doesn't seem like you would want to be building around the aura part anyway. No. Plus, or as you always run that chance of like two for one in yourself. So right. it gets really tricky with that. And like, is it worth it? Yeah, it's, equipment's way safer because at least you keep the equipment. Whereas an aura, you go to uh, enchant the thing and they destroy it in response and you just lose the aura and the creature. And yeah, now you, always yeah. dangerous. <laughs> All right, let's talk about uh, one of the exciting parts that I know everybody looks forward to, which is the deck value of this precon. We did the full deck reveal for the, um, what's it called? The buckle up. Azorius vehicle, yeah, and uh, the reprint value in that is abysmal. It's not; it's like less than fifty-five dollars. So let's see how this one stacks up. Remember, we do take the prices from before the decks are revealed um, because that w allows us to compare all the decks evenly. Like, let's the Azorius deck, for instance. We were the ones that revealed it, so when we're doing that deck value. N no one knows about it yet, right. so it's impossible to take the numbers from after people know about it. So in order to keep everything even, we do everything, all that sort of uh, evaluation before any of the reveals so that those numbers can be comparing apples to apples. And when we do that, and remember, we only are taking into account the value of the reprints in the deck, not the new cards. Right. When we do that, the total reprint value of this deck is... $92.35. Pretty good. This one's almost double Pretty, the other yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's right up there with the average of all the most recent pre-crons as well. It's it's. It's cruising fine. Yeah, I think we're feeling fine about that reprint value. Feeling pretty good, actually. Because in recent years, they've been between $80 and $90, I'd say, on average. So this is right in there. Um, not maybe the highest, but definitely not the lowest. So that's good. Uh, notable reprints in the deck. There are three cards in here that are worth $5 or more. And one of them's $14. Yeah. And by the way, I had no idea this card was worth $14. Yeah, I didn't either. I was actually, when I was looking up cards to put in the deck, uh, I looked up that card because I was like, oh, I'll add it. I was like, oh, it's already in here. Great. 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 So, well, that saved you some budget. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's Bear Umbra, which is kind of the, I'm going to say budget, but at $14, I don't think it yeah. was before. Maybe it'll come back down to being budget again. But it's the budget sort of Feast and Famine. It's two green green for an enchantment aura. Enchanted creature gets plus two, plus two, and, and has whenever this creature attacks, untap all lands you control. Great thing about this is it's on attack, so you don't have to deal the combat right. damage like sort of Feast and Famine. Um, and also allows you to have, like, if you have any tricks you want to do, uh, yeah. pre-combat or pre-damage, pre-blocks, whatever you... Yeah, you get that mana a little earlier in combat so you can use it maybe to your advantage. That's a good point. Uh, the other two cards that are above $5, uh, you want to read them? Yeah, we have Whip Tongue Hydra, uh, which is $5.61. Oh, yeah, sorry, Bear Umbra, $14.20 oh. before the reprint. I forgot yeah. to say that. <laughs> it's up there. Yeah. 
Uh, and then jumping all the way down to $5, we have the Whip Tongue Hydra, which is five and a green for a lizard hydra creature. Uh, it's a 4-4 four, four with reach, and when it enters the battlefield, destroy all creatures with flying. Put a plus one, plus one counter on the hydra for each creature destroyed this way. Yeah, you're in red and green. You're not going to have a lot of flyers, so it's probably good to get rid of everybody else's flyers. Do you think it's going to get many counters on it, though? Uh, I mean, with the modified thing, maybe. Yeah. Also, there are 26 cards in the deck that add counters. Fair, fair. I meant, like, when it, like how, how often do you think it hits flyers? Oh, oh. When it enters the battlefield, destroy all creatures with flying, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You only have to get one or two to feel pretty good about it, right? Yeah, that's fair. Because, well, I guess it's six mana. Yeah. <laughs> it is a lot of mana. I don't know. But all I know is it's $5.61 before the reprint. Yes. So somebody think it's, thinks it's good. Yes. <laughs> uh, and the other card over $5 is exactly $5. It's Rhythm of the Wild, which is fairly recent, so I was surprised by that. Um, it's a good card. It's... Yeah, it allows you to give all your creatures haste if you want to, or plus one, plus one counters if you don't need the haste, which in this case... Getting a creature modified as it comes on the battlefield is really, really strong. And your creatures can't be countered. Oh, which, yeah, I know you don't like counter spells. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, and then there are, I'm not, we're not going to read the full text of all of them, that, but there are a number of cards. What does that leave us with? Ten more cards that are between 2 and $5. So there's Elemental Mastery, Mage Slayer, Rishkar's Expertise. That's a really good card that I play a lot. Loyal Guardian, Ox of Agonos. Decimate, Soul's Majesty, all those cards are above $3, between 3 and four seventy-five, And then there are, here's all the cards between 2 and $3. 2 and $3, we have uh, Primeval Protector, uh, Chaos Warp, Spearbreaker Behemoth, Krinko, Tin Street Kingpin, Cinderglade, and Game Trail. Yeah, a couple of lands on there, which are nice. Yeah. Krenko seems amazing in this deck. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so pretty good value. I, I'd say we should be feeling pretty good about the reprints in this deck. We always do this section, but it seems a little pointless on this episode. But we'll do it anyway. Who should you run as the commander? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Cheshiro is the only yeah. car, is the only commander really that makes any sense here because there are only six auras total. So Kaima or... Kaima, yeah. Kaima the Calm. All right. We're not goading creatures because we no. just don't have the support for it. We are going modified and modifications. not green. Yeah. Let's talk about the best cards in the deck. The cards we are definitely not going to cut uh, because this gives us a, little, a good little highlight of sort of what's in there that people might get excited about. Uh, so you want to go through them? Yeah. Uh, this one's a new card. It's Silk Guard. It's uh, X and a green. And instant put a plus one plus one counter on each of up to X target creatures you control. Auras, equipments, and modified creatures you control gain hexproof until end of turn. This is pretty sweet. So you kind of can use it as like a counter spell for removal and also modifies your creature for later use. So you can save things yep. and doing exactly what the deck wants to do. Yeah, this is from uh, the main set, Neon Dynasty, but they've reprinted here in this deck. Pretty great. Yeah, it's really powerful. I'm kind of curious, like, if you were to build with it, would you, if that and Heroic Intervention, would you ever consider having both of them in your deck, or yeah. would you do one? I think you want both, because Heroic Intervention also gives it indestructible. indestructible so, yeah, yeah, you can save, like, Silk Guard will not save you from a board wipe, unless it's Blasphemous Act or something damage-based. Yeah, where it targets. No, no, it still won't, because, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't target. So, yeah, you... This is good against Swords of Plowshares or something, but not as good against uh, Supreme Verdict or something like that. Uh, another best card in the deck, which I called it earlier, is Rishkar's Expertise. This is four green green for a sorcery. Draw cards equal to the greatest power among creatures you control. And then you may cast a spell with mana value five or less from your hand without paying its mana cost. So usually a six mana draw spell is not great because even if you draw a lot, you use your whole turn. But this says, no, you can still do something yeah. impactful this turn. Yeah. It's like refill your hand and... Do something really big. Maybe put a bear umbra out for free <laughs> yeah. onto, your, uh, onto a creature, then attack and get all your mana back. Get that all seems back. good. Speaking of bear umbra. That, it's back. It's here. It's the reprint. <laughs> it's uh, where it costs a lot of money, apparently. I, I'm glad that the $14 <laughs> card made our best cards in the deck list. Yeah. So that seems good. Um, Loyal Guardian. Oh, yeah. This is the one with Lieutenant. It's a four and a green. It's a creature rhino. It's a four, four trample. Lieutenant, at the beginning of your combat, on your turn, if you control your commander, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. Each creature yeah. you control. So once you've made a few tokens, that starts adding like, you know, four. Well, it really is great because it'll add that first counter that then Cheshire will add another one at the end yep. step. So it really can sort of... 
it, it that first counter is almost like adding two counters yeah and it's like a safeguard too because if you have a bunch of stuff out maybe you replayed after a psych rift or something i don't know this will get you back in the game really fast if you have your commander out with right. it that's cool uh, and then the last card we're going to list here under the best cards in the deck. This is an interesting one. It's Agitator Ant. <laughs> Not a card I've loved a lot in the past. This might be the spot for it. It's two in a, uh, sorry, two in a red for a 2-2 two, two insect. At the beginning of your end step, each player may put two 1-1 one, one counters on a creature they control. Goad each creature that had counters put on it this way. So your opponents can choose to do this too, but if they do, they goad their thing. Uh, but this is a way for you to sort of Keep people off your back and then right. also simultaneously get counters onto your stuff. So you're not a fan of it normally? I, I don't love... Because they're only goaded for the one turn, so they can always grow it and then attack you the next mm. turn. Yeah, creatures don't last for that long, though. So it, I think the goad... And here, because you want to be modified, probably makes it worth it. Does it goad each turn if it's out? It only goads if they choose to put counters oh, on their creature. I see. So yeah. if next turn they don't put... They say, okay, I'll put two counters this time. But then the following turn they go... Now Good. I'm going to attack. Yeah, now I'm going to attack you with it. So, <laughs> okay, yeah, just something I can to watch that. out for. But you need your creatures modified, and this is a good way to kind of do it. And you also, you want your modifications to come on creatures for the most part, I think, because again, I said this all the time, but Voltron decks with ores and equipment, they need targets to put that stuff on. Yeah. So you don't want to be in a situation, and even plus one, plus encounters, like you can't put plus one, plus encounters on nothing. You need creatures out. So you want the things that are doing your strategy to also be stuff that can wear the the things from the rest of your strategy, the ores, the equipment, the one, one counters. Do you wear one, one counters? Do you? Uh, I don't. Yes, I would wear 1-1 one, one counters. Okay. <laughs> They're like little badges. <laughs> you get modified. Get like it's... a little sash. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's the stats. That's the breakdown. That is the setup. We're going to come back from our break, and we're going to talk about the 10 cards that we're going to put in, the 10 cards we're going to take out. And remember, it's all for $30, for $30 or less. I'm still learning to speak. It's all right. We're all, we're all getting there. <laughs> all right, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. All right, we're back. We're doing the budget pre-con upgrade guide for the Upgrades Unleashed Gruel Voltron modification. The Cheshiro deck. The Cheshiro deck. <laughs> deck, yes. It's weird to say upgrade that many times. We're upgrading the Upgrade Unleashed decks. Oh, yeah. Upgrade up. Yeah. Three yeah. use. You so um, we're to the part where we're going to talk about the 10 cards that we think people should add to kind of get this thing up to speed, ready to rumble with real decks as soon as possible. Ashlyn, you did all the research and the legwork for this one. Yes. So let's let you take it away. Remember, we're going to try and do this for $30 or less. And I think you're well under the $30. I didn't do them. Doing the math in my head real quick. Yes. I mean, obviously you're under it, but I think you're a little ways under it, which is good. Okay. Ready? Yep. Uh, all right. So first card that we are adding to this deck is Rancor. As we mentioned earlier, it is such a good powerful aura. Uh, we talked about two for ones being worried about that before. You don't worry about that really with this card because it comes back to you. Yeah, so Rancor is one green mana for enchant creature, enchantment aura. Uh, enchanted creature gets plus two plus so and trample and when Rancor is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, return Rancor to its owner's hand. Now remember, it has to be put in the graveyard from their battlefield. So still be a little careful if they yeah. go to remove the creature in response to Rancor oh, yeah, when Rancor is on the stack. That's not from the battlefield. But as long as you land it on the creature from that point, 
Um, if the creature dies, you'll get the Rancor back. Even if they exile the creature, the Rancor itself will still go to the graveyard from the battlefield. You'll get it back. If they bounce the creature, Rancor will go to the graveyard. You'll get, get it back. back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that one, do we do we say how much the oh, yeah, added cards are? Okay, cool. So that one is $1.25. Wow, Rancor's $1.25? That's <laughs> yeah. surprising, but it shows how good it is. And yeah, of course, it's a very efficient aura. Yeah. So just something that you're going to be able to cast. You don't care if you lose it. If you do, you get it back and you're, you keep making tokens and making modified creatures. It makes sense. Yeah, it's cheap and you get trample as well, which is nice. Uh, so the second card I picked was Animation Module, which is 60 cents. This is a cheapie. And I, I love this card, actually. Yeah. In decks where it's good, it's really good. You want to read it? Yeah, so it is, uh, it's an artifact. It is, it costs one. And whenever one or more plus one plus one counters are put on a permanent you control, you may pay one. If you do, create a one one colorless servo artifact creature token and then it also has pay three tap it choose a counter on target permanent or player give that permanent or player another counter of that kind so proliferate essentially for one thing yes. rather than everything but Targeted yeah pl- proliferate. that's pretty cool especially considering that so much one one counter synergy in the deck um and then cheshiro is going to do that every turn if the thing's got one and then it gives you those tokens to then it, do the thing yeah it just kind of uh, feeds into itself and i thought this was a great support card for the deck it kind of hits everything with the mechanics almost and uh yeah i think it's a great addition yeah i love cards that are doing like two or three things and then you find the deck where all two or three of the things are like exactly it's making it's dealing with counters it's making tokens it's you know making proliferating yes. onto one thing basically like it all fits yeah that's a great pick all right what's next next we have Embercleave. oh you monster <laughs> talk about a big artifact uh, equipments it's eight dollars so this one was was one of the bigger ones that we put into here uh eight dollars and it's a strong finisher yeah let me read it it's four red red for an equipment artifact legendary artifact equipment sorry has flash this is the part that'll get you the flash (laughs) surprise I've, i've died to it many times yeah this spell costs one less to cast for each attacking creature you control so if you have three attacking creatures, this thing only costs three. And not hard to do in this deck because you're making tokens. Um, when Embercleave enters the battlefield, attach it to target creature you control so you can skip the equip cost yep. the first time you cast it. Equip creature gets plus one, plus run, has double strike, and trample. That's the part. <laughs> a lot a of times finisher. people are like, okay, I'm going to block that with something expendable, my 2-2 or something. And you're like, cool, you still die. Yeah, yeah. lethal. Sorry. Yeah. It does have an equip cost of three. But again, it's almost always a KO card the turn you play it uh, right. for one player. Yeah, because otherwise you just don't play it, right? Yeah. You, you want to hold on to this until you're ready to kind of end it's the It's your game. ace in the hole. It's your surprise. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I, I like that pick. I don't like, like the it, card. You don't I've like. just died to it a lot. <laughs> Recently, it feels like, too. Well, that's okay, because the next card is not as scary. It's Renata called of the hunt, uh, 25 cents and it modify it modifies all the creatures essentially. Yeah. I'll read it. It's two green, green for a star three. Renata's power is equal to your devotion to green. So it's a two, three on its own. And then it says each other creature you control enters the battlefield with an additional one, one counter on it, which means it comes in with one, unless it would otherwise come in with it, its own amount of counters. Then it comes in with that, you know, one more. Yeah, so even if it doesn't come in with counters, would it still get a counter? Yep. I think so. Yep, yeah, for sure. It's just like Grumgully or something like that. Yeah. And so so this, with your commander, every time you play an equipment or an aura, make one of those two twos, yep. they're going to get a counter on it. And that's like putting two counters on it because Cheshire says, oh, you're modified on the end step. I'll yeah. give you another counter. So yeah, that's a really good... I mean, 4-4 four, four Menace is pretty scary. So, like, that's basically what that turns into when you play an order equipment, make a 4-4 four, four with Menace. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, which is, yeah, that's pretty nuts. Yeah, the next one's cool. I'm dealing with not a 1-1 one, one counter, but still a counter. Yes. Uh, I had to throw this one in here. Slippery Bog Bonder. It's $3, and it is a great evasion card. It's three and a green. Uh, it's a human druid. It's a 3-3 three, three flash hexproof. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, put a hexproof counter on target creature. Uh, what is it? Yep, on target creature you control. Uh, then move any number of counters from among creatures you control onto that creature. That's pretty cool. So you can give it hexproof and sort of pull a bunch of the power from the board onto that creature, yeah. right? A bunch of the other counters that are already there. Yeah, so you could like attack with something really big and uh, then flash this in. Uh, nom, 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 all the counters and uh, yeah. Yeah, Swing this could be a really brutal thing with like Embercleave I could see too, or if you had enough creatures oh. attacking where you're just like, okay, and Menace makes it really hard too because 
they you know if you have a couple menace creatures there's they don't have enough to block so you're just like which one's going to get through all right i'll play slippery Bogbinder. put all the counters on the one that's not blocked and then ember cleave it and pr- that's a good ko yeah also just can save your commander right it's probably fine to play this early in the game as just like maybe somebody goes to remove it slow you down or whatever you save your commander get a hexproof counter that hexproof counter will live on cheshire for the rest of the game yep you know unless a, a board wipe or something and i'm just going to check cheshire's text here because there are new cards but it will give itself a 1-1 counter if it's modified. So Cheshire says, at the beginning of your end step, put a 1-1 counter on each modified creature you control. That hexproof counter will count as modifying it. So, yeah, that's great. That's a cool pick. I think this card's a little underplayed in general, actually. The Slippery yeah. Bogbinder, yeah. It, it uh, slips from people's uh, view, <laughs> you might say. Slip from their mind. <laughs> uh, so next up, I have Cream of the Crop. Uh, this is a $5 card. I think it's an enchantment. Yes, it's an enchantment. Uh, essentially, I added this in here because it's a affordable Sylvan library, kind of. Oh, there you go. I like that. All right, I'll read it. Here you go. Your budget Sylvan library, everybody. One in a green for an enchantment. Whenever a creature comes into play under your control, you may look at the top X cards of your library where X is that creature's power. If you do, put one of those cards on top of your library and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. It's old wording, but it still works the same, basically. Anytime a creature comes in, you kind of scry the amount equal to um, its power. And it allows you to just continue to draw gas or if you're searching for an answer or something. Or maybe you need to hit a land drop. Yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah, and I got this actually from uh, Dana from EDH Rec. He's always finding those old cards. But this, I just thought it was a great affordable way to still, if you need to get through your deck, if you're fishing for auras or equipment, this is the card to do it. Yeah, Dana, he's got those MTG hipster (laughs) picks all the time. Uh, All right, so up next, okay, this one uh, was inspired by you. Mm. Hmm. Eat that, Dana. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dana was like, I'm cool, but like, (laughs) I'm glad we gave that out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so it's Togo Goblin Weaponsmith. The rocks yes. are here. <laughs> and they're so good in this. This card rocks. It's a 25 cents, super cheap, and uh, it creates a lot of cheap artifacts that you that can are attach. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you can. Oh, this is great. So two and a red, uh, it's a 2 2, but whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you create a colorless equipment artifact token named Rock, and that has equip creature for one, and the equip creature gets tap and sacrifice the rock. This creature deals one damage to any target. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about this for this deck because it's Enter the Battlefield. So this is like Landfall, make a 2-2 with Menace. Yeah. And then you can equip to get your modified thing going. Yeah. Oh, wow, this card's really good. It's it's um, it's just really strong, and I, I was trying to figure out ways to break it. <laughs> but, I, yeah, I think it's a really, really fun card to have in here and will be make some really exciting gameplay. That's cool. Okay. All right, uh, next up. So this one is called Sigh of the Shinobi. It's 25 cents. And uh, it's an auto-equipping weapon, I like to say. It's basically one colorless for an equipment. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus one, which is fine. But it also has, when a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may attach this to it. Uh, and it costs you to equip if you don't. But but anytime a new creature comes in, if you want to, you can just put the Psy on it. Oh, again, really good with the modified, yep. right? Because you're like, oh, well, last turn, this creature had it. So it got the 1-1 counter from Cheshiro. And now next turn, I play a creature, and the side just goes over there. so that it, Because the creature that has the 1-1 counter will are, is already modified and will get modified again. And now the new creature will get the modification thing. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's like a little buddy that goes around and like makes sure everyone gets modified. <laughs> yeah, it's the, yeah, it's a little modification pit crew. And it also, uh, whenever Chishiro's uh, tokens come into play, it's going to latch onto those as well. Yeah, so just them. same thing, yeah. get them modified thing going. Yeah, that's great. And it'll make them four fours with Menace, which is, as we have noticed, is <laughs> Very scary. Very scary. Yeah, okay. The next card is your most expensive pick. It's $10. And I'm sure Murph was real happy about it. It's like <laughs> his least favorite card ever. Just because of game nights and editing, it's a pain. It's Yeah, it's the best. It's Avenger of Zendikar. Yeah. Tokens. You give the tokens, plus one, plus one counters. I mean, we'll read the card, but... <laughs> it's, uh, it seems like a shoe in yeah. <laughs> it's five green green for a five five. When it enters the battlefield, you create... Uh, a zero one plant creature token for each land you control. Mm-hmm. So if you've got seven lands, because it is a seven mana spell, you'll get seven zero ones. But it has landfall. Whenever a land enters a battlefield under your control, you may put a one one counter on each plant you control. Oh yeah, because of the modified. So yeah, you you play usually you play this on uh, a turn where you already have seven lands out and you haven't hit your land drop yet. So you go boom, Avenger, make seven, play a land. 
put a 1-1 counter on all of them, and then on your end step, they'll all get another 1-1 counter. That's cool. Yeah, so now you have, what, two... Yeah, two, two plants or two threes. Two threes two by threes, the end of yeah. it. And next turn, they'll, they'll turn into three fours or four four fives because you'll probably play a land better. again. Yeah. <laughs> it really good to fetch lands too, of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this seems like a shoe one because it's, again, every part of the text, everything it's doing is doing tokens, doing one-on-one counters. Pretty great. And then uh, next one is... This is the last one, right? Uh, yes, it is. This is our 10th card. It is our 10th card. Are you sad? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I, wanted, I, I had so much fun with this and I, I just... There's so much you can do with this deck, so... Don't worry, she's going to talk about a couple honorable <laughs> mentions if you, you know, want to stick yes. with us and go best 10. There's some juicy ones. Uh, so for the 10th one, though, we have a, a 60 cent card. It is Fractal Harness. Uh, it's an enchantment for X2 green equipment. When uh, Fractal Harness enters the battlefield, create, I'm blind, okay, create a 00 green and blue Fractal creature token, so it already gets a creature on it. Put X plus one plus one counters on it, um and attach Fractal Harness to it. Uh, when a quick creature attacks, double the number of plus one, plus one counters Ooh, on it. Oh, yeah. So this creates a creature that is modified, attaches to it, so it's modified again. But then even if that creature were to die, this is going to be really good with all your other stuff, which is getting a lot of plus one, plus one counters from the other effects you've got going. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is a cool card. I haven't actually seen this in play before, but it seems to fit exactly what the deck wants to do. Yeah, I felt like uh, the Quandrix and uh, Sil uh, Silver Quill, <laughs> Strixhaven stuff, um, they really care about counters and yeah, everything. Yeah, so. yeah. So there was a lot of, a lot to be mined there. All right, well, let's talk about some of your honorable mentions just because I know you had trouble cutting down these last few cards. Yes. Holy crap, this well, this card's $21? <laughs> it's an honorable mention. No, no, <laughs> I know. Budget, I know. Yeah. An honorable mention is one of the good things is you can... <laughs> Sit, talk about the cards that like didn't fit your budget but i i just had no idea this card was that, that expensive i All was right. so excited to put it in this deck and then i looked it up and i was like oh that's not happening wizards reprint this card <laughs> please. please reprint because there's no way this card should be 21 dollars. yeah I, I was surprised it's perfect for this deck if you happen to have one you know or can afford it all right what is it it's a bloodforged battle axe uh and so it is one it costs one, and equipped creature gets plus two, plus zero. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, create a token that's a copy of Bloodforge Battle Axe. And it has equipped two. So this is kind of like what Tago's doing as far as like it's going to make a lot of itself. Because once you have two Bloodforge Battle Axes, you put those on two different creatures, then you attack, and you get two more. And so it kind of like exponentially grows if you can keep hitting people. And every time... You make another one, you're going to make a 2-2 with it because it's Cheshiro. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. But uh, I can see it would be like all of your budget. Yeah, so, that's yeah, the entire we, budget. We can't, we can't do that, <laughs> yeah. Then this next one's a little more affordable. Yes, the next one is Torolf God of Fury. It's only $2.50. What's interesting about this one is that while most decks prefer to play the front side, Cheshiro definitely benefits from the back side a lot more. I'll read the front side, though. It's two red-red, a legendary creature god, 5-4, it has trample, and whenever a creature or planeswalker an opponent controls is dealt excess non-combat damage, Torolf deals damage equal to the excess to any target other than that permanent. Yeah, that's cool. But it doesn't matter because the hammer is what we're talking about mostly, which is Torolf's hammer, one in a red, legendary equipment artifact. Equipped creature has, you pay one a red, tap and unattach Torolf's hammer, and it deals three damage to any target, return Torolf's hammer to its owner's hand. So it's Thor's hammer, right? Yeah, Throws it, much. comes back. Yeah. Equip creature gets plus three, plus oh, as long as it's legendary. Equip cost of one and a red. Yeah, that's cool. And maybe the other side yeah. might be relevant sometimes. I feel like the the front side could be very relevant towards like the end of the, end of the game or like yeah. when you need to finish uh, or wipe a board without hitting your creatures. It's a great way to go around and start hitting everyone else's creatures, especially because you don't have a lot of trample in this deck uh, unless you're adding equipments or anything to it. Yeah, that's cool. All right, what is the uh, the last honorable mention here? This is another like, not cheap card. It's $12. Yes. Uh, this one is Ashaya Soul of the Wild. Uh, it is three green green. It's a legendary creature elemental. Uh, and it's, what do we call that? Star star for now? Star star? Yep. Yeah, star I star. This is star star. Uh, Ashaya... Uh, Ashaya's power and toughness is equal to the number of lands you control. And the part that I cared about was non-token creatures you control are forest lands in addition to their other types. Oh, so all your other creatures that aren't your tokens right. 
our lands now and can tap for mana. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've heard you say Ashaya before. Ashaya. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you say that, I'm I like, know. <laughs> office hours. <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a great episode. <laughs> Very old, but it's great. Yeah. So this is just a way to sort of get you a little more mana and ramp you a little harder. Is that what you're thinking? Uh, yes, and also inspired by your deck. Uh, it's uh, good against Cyclonic Rift. Oh, it's Cyclonic Rift protected. <laughs> it is. And As so, we know, your favorite card of all time is Cyclonic Rift. Yeah, definitely up there. <laughs> okay, so again, those last three were honorable mentions, but we've got 10 cards that we talked about that we're adding. That means we need to take 10 cards out of the deck, so let's figure out which 10 we want to take out here. What is the first thing that has to go? First thing that's going is... Ulashed. 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 The hate seed. It um, is two red and a green for a zero zero legendary Hellion Hydra. Ulashed enters the battlefield with a one one counter on it for each other red creature you control and a one one counter on it for each other green creature you control. You can pay one, remove a one one counter from Ulashed, and you can choose to either have it deal one damage to a creature or create a one one sapperling. Yeah, so it just doesn't. It, it does all the things, kind of, but it uh -huh. just doesn't do them with the deck. Mm, interesting. It, it just didn't feel like it was really beneficial. So you didn't think it was... Because I would think that, like, it ha it gets counters when, right. you, when you make the tokens and everything. And then it also creates tokens um, on the one side. It uses the counters up when it does it, though. Yeah. But, you know, if Cheshire was going to put more on it, hopefully, then it, you could kind of keep up yeah, with it. Yeah, it could kind of, like, feed into itself. Yeah. Um, okay, that is that is our first cut. What do you think the second cut is? Uh, second cut is Starstorm. Oh, okay. So one of the board wipes. Um, it's just, it's an okay board wipe. It's X red red and uh, it's an instant. It deals X damage to each creature and has cycling three. Uh, it just felt like we have enough board wipes. Yeah, too many probably. Yeah. So just like, hey, let's just have less board wipes. Seems like a good idea. Because I, I think five is way too many in a token deck. Yeah, especially since we want to go wide. So. Yep. Uh, next up, we have Soul's Majesty. Uh, cut it because it is expensive for what it does. Yeah, so four and a green sorcery, draw cards equal to the power of target creature you control. Check this next to Rishkar's expertise. The divide is huge. This is just like only draws you the cards, costs one less mana, doesn't do the thing where you cast another spell. Right. Yeah, five mana to draw cards is just too many because it's going to take your whole turn. Uh, you just need more efficient card draw. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, the next one is a big creature. Yes. Uh, I I nixed Primeval Protector. And I did this because I felt like it was too reliant on your opponent's board state. Mm. So it's 10 in a green. Yes, 11 mana for a 10-10 avatar. It costs one less to cast for each creature your opponent's control. Whenever Primeval Protector enters the battlefield, put a 1-1 counter on each other creature you control. Yeah, so you're just thinking like, it's... Yeah, and I've definitely seen... You know, situations where you draw this late, there's been a board wipe or something, and it's just, like, dead in your hand because you just cannot play it. Uh, or it's going to cost you, like, six or seven, and you've got only three creatures. It just doesn't feel worth it. So it's, yeah, high-variance card, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's a fine card. It's just, yeah. Yep. If, if you have to cut ten, that's one of them. Yeah, you got to cut things, and <laughs> that doesn't mean that all the things are going to be, like, wouldn't ever be good. It's just, right. yeah, you're just looking for higher, uh, better stuff on average. Uh, next up, we have an equipment. It is Black Blade Reforged. That's two mana for a legendary equipment artifacts. Equip creature gets plus one, plus one for each land you control. It equips legend to a legendary creature for three or a regular creature for seven. <laughs> for seven. And that's the high equip cost that I feel like we're trying to avoid. So Yeah, and you're, yeah, you just cannot count on your commander is going to be, like, you need stuff that's still good to put onto your tokens. And this will cost seven, so you'll just never do that, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I've, yeah. It's gone. And then next we have uh, Goblin Raise Runners. Two red red for a Goblin Warrior. It's a 3-4. You can pay one in a red to sack a land. Put a 1-1 one, one counter on the Goblin Raise Runners. Ooh, I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> At the beginning of your M step, you may have Goblin Raise Runners deal damage equal to the number of 1-1 one, one counters on it to target player or planeswalker. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So I think you're probably supposed to get a 1-1 one, one counter on it some other way than sacking a land. And then... Oh, and then you could kind of get the modify. I don't think Cheshire is going to be that fast, right? Like... You're happy if you get one, maybe two counters on a thing, because that's going to take two or three turns. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, this seems like a, you know, dream scenario yeah. card where you're like, oh, I got 17 counters on it. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> but, yeah, that's just unlikely. It's like the Aether Hub that never, like, just sits there and, right. like, wishes it could do something. Yeah. There's probably a lot of games where you're like, do I want to sack a land? No. No. Okay. So, it's just nothing's happening with this thing. Oh, sadness. 
Yes. Uh, <laughs> the next cut is... <laughs> Kamiya, the fractured calm. The other commander. It makes sense. There's only six auras in the deck, so there's just not... There's a really good chance you draw this and just don't draw any synergy for it, so it's just a four mana three three. Yeah, yeah. it makes sense, but it, it's sad. It, <laughs> it is. It just doesn't, like, go to anything else either if you don't, like... Like, it does nothing if yeah. you don't cast an aura, right? Like, yeah, if you don't put an aura on your opponent's creatures. And we should say, like, most of the... Um, auras in this deck are not auras you really want to put on your opponent's creatures. It's one thing if Kaima is Kaima, Kaima is your commander, because you can at least get it back from the command zone, but if it's not your commander, then they kill it and it goes to Graveyard, and you put auras on your opponent's <laughs> creatures. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it's just not a strategy you probably want to do. And then next up we have um, Orochi Merge Keeper. Uh, yeah. It's a one and a green snake druid. It's a mana dork, essentially. Um, it's a one one. And as long as it is modified, it taps for two mana, two forests. But it taps for one mana if it's not modified. Yeah. And when, and like, that's great. It's a, it's an okay card. I, we have 18 ramp in the deck. So I don't think we really, it was necessary. So took that one out. So out it goes. Oh, here we go. We were talking about this earlier. <laughs> yeah. I thought that when you asked me that question. <laughs> yeah, I get this. So uh, the next one we're taking out is Whip Tongue Hydra. Five and a green for a 4-4 four, four with Reach. It's a Lizard Hydra. It's the same one from earlier where it enters the battlefield and destroys all creatures with a flying. And then you put a 1-1 one, one counter on it for each creature destroyed this way. Yeah. Six mana is just a lot. It's a lot. and Yeah. Uh, yeah. There needs to be a lot of flyers, I think, for you to take your whole turn and feel good about that. Yeah. And hope that it'll do something. Because if you draw it late game and there is none, yeah, it, then it's just it just a six feels mana, bad. Four, four. Yeah. yeah. All right, lastly, we have Bone Horde. Uh, Bone Horde is four and equipment. It's a living weapon. And living weapons in general, like if I had the option, I would have like added more living weapons. Yeah. They're just good because they're they creatures. They give you the germ. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but this one, we we have better stuff. So it's a living weapon. Uh, equipped creature gets plus X, plus X, where X is the number of creature cards in all graveyards. And equipped two. All right. So it's a uh, four mana, equipped two, and... Who knows how much power and toughness is going to give you. I've found this to be hit and miss. I really only want it in a deck that is focused on milling itself. So yeah. it can guarantee that, like, at least I'm going to put a lot of things in the graveyard so that this, you know... Because it has to give you, like, for those stats, right? Four to cast, two to equip. It has to give you at least, like, plus three, plus three before you're happy about it. Right. And even then, that's low. I would want, like, plus five, plus five to feel good. Yeah. And it's not counters. They're not putting counters on it. It's just buffing it right which it, it does modify it yeah it does modify it uh but it can get confusing keeping track of both of those things at the same time and if you already have a lot to keep track of so there's numerous reasons why that got cut yeah i think these type of cards in general have gotten a little bit worse as the format has sped up too so there's just less attrition in games there's many more games now i feel like because they, we go a little shorter where just less stuff overall gets put in the graveyards because it's just not as grindy people are kind of playing yeah. their ramp earlier than playing their big spells and then the game ends a little bit earlier and there's just not enough time for like a lot of stuff to like die unless people are like on purpose their strategy is mill in which case bone could go in those decks but that's not what this deck is doing so you can't guarantee that even you're going to put stuff in graveyards yep. you could be on turn six easily with nothing in graveyard right oh yeah and definitely not any creatures yeah and finally there's an additional copy of Mossfire valley which is supposed to be a basic land so not actually one of our 10 cars out but it is still one we have to do uh you want to swap it out with the basic land so that it is going to be commander legal okay cool um those are our 10 cards in, 10 cards out. If you are a patron, we should say, because people ask us this all the time, you get access to our outlines, yes. which have written down the 10 cards in and 10 cards out. And, you know, that's patrons at any level. So if you're willing to contribute even just $1 per month, you'll get access to stuff like that. Uh, let's talk about how the deck plays here really quick. We've gotten to play against, or I've gotten to play against this deck now and sort of seen it in action. And it's surprisingly complex. I think you read the card and it doesn't seem like it would be sort of as complex as it is, but because of the way you kind of have to sequence and figure out, well, do I want the token? Do I want the surprise factor of some of the stuff I've got? What order do I want to play this in? I need to do this so then, uh, I, so I get the trigger with Chishiro. Yep. Um, you know, do I want to set up for next turn trying to modify or modify now? It's pretty complicated, which is cool. I really like that about the deck and think that it has some interesting lines. And it, I like decks that reward sort of 
player skill or reward that kind of thought process. Right. It's like one of those chest decks where you're playing chess where you're like, okay, next turn I want to be doing this and that. And then the turn after that I can be doing that. Yeah. You're playing like three moves ahead or whatever. Yeah. 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 I think a lot of people play magic for that reason. So I think this deck will kind of scratch you know that part of your brain which is cool um definitely excited to see it in the wild i think this deck is quite good to the listeners what do you think of the gruel upgrades unleashed pre-con are there any cards we missed or any cards uh, we suggested to take out or add that you disagree with let us know in the comments twitter wherever and of course if you want to get your hands on this upgrades unleashed deck the best place to go is channelfireball.com slash commands you can get this one you can get the buckle up pre-con yep. although i would probably based on the reprint value suggest get, uh, just ordering the singles you want from that one you can order set boosters draft boosters collectors boosters all the singles channel fireball marketplace is really a great place to go they have a huge inventory great prices on sealed product and if you forget to use the url at the beginning you can type in the code command at checkout which trust me i do that every time so because i always forget uh and then once you have the stuff make sure you protect it cheshiro is on a playmat is on sleeves is on deck boxes (laughs) all made by ultra pro you can really look all dressed impressed when you you know you can impress your friends the next time that you uh go to commander night just have the deck all decked out in the same stuff and of course ultra pro makes awesome uh wall scrolls they make sweet metal dice dice, yeah Yeah, they, they also have new eclipse dice which are really really nice jake mentioned this when we were talking about it because a lot of people are playing on like spell table and stuff now uh it's actually more important i think than ever that your dice are kind of easy to read and and the eclipse dice are really easy for cameras to read we've been loving them for like extra turns game nights and stuff so ultra pro always up in their game always making better stuff make sure that you check them out okay end step time ashlyn yeah this is where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic do you have something cool i do um and this thing is cool it's a show that i watched a while back actually okay um but i feel like with all the hype around squid game and people really enjoying that uh I really like the show called Alice in Borderland. Okay. Um, it's uh, on Netflix and it's really good. It's If you liked Squid Games, it's kind of up in that alley where it's like you're in, this person is in Tokyo and it's like completely empty and uh, they go and play these different types of games to survive. Um, but it's different at the same time because it's kind of the way they play the games and the like it's a very... Uh, there's a lot more mind games. Like you could try and uh, figure out how do you solve this to survive? Cause most of the time the aim of those games are to die. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Spoiler alert, squid game people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> um, but it's really, uh, it's a really good show. Season two is coming out, I think in December. Oh, cool. um, is it also Korean or is it? It's Japanese. Okay. Yeah. It's by, it's actually based off a of manga by Haro Aso. Um, probably slaughtered that, but it's a, it is a manga. You can get that sense that it's a manga at some points, which is really, really cool when you watch it. You're like this, like the characters in it feel really solid and just the way they interact with each other and the, uh, like the, uh, commitment you feel to watch it and like investment, uh, it, it just really gets you. And I think if you watch Squid Game, you would really, really enjoy it. Oh, cool. I might check it out because I think I'm like everybody else this day and age where I feel like I've watched everything. So anything anybody recommends, I'm like, yes, please. I need more things to, uh, you know, to watch. Alice in Borderland on Netflix, you said? Yes, Alice in Borderland on Netflix. Uh, Buckle up. It's a ride and it's a fun one. All right, great. Big thanks to our amazing team here at the Command Zone for all the hard work they do. Arthur Meadowcroft, Shauna Gillis, Damon Lenz, Lady Danger, Manson Lung, Craig Blanchett, Ashlyn Rose, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Patrick Nan, Jordan Pridgen, Sam Waldo, Garav Galati, Truck Ty, Jamie Block, Evan Limberger, and Mitch Trafford. And I suppose we should show we should throw uh, Jimmy Wong on there as and well. Jimmy Wong. Yeah. <laughs> and special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer for the living card animations that begin our show and often sit behind us here on set. Uh, you can find Jeffrey on Twitter at Living Cards mtg all right ashlyn thanks for doing all the hard work thanks for helping us upgrade the deck i'm sure everybody out there will thank you when they win their next commander game and (laughs) thanks everybody out there for watching bye peace For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> 
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.